The best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Clauses by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized with Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. For, for Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, there's no debate these are great players, potential Hall of Fame players. Mm-hmm. I think it is up for debate if they're going to be Cardinals greats. I think there's a difference there. Um, they're between a great player who plays for the Cardinals and a Cardinals great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball brought to you by Closet by Design. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, and I'm a little bit out of practice as I try to uh, say this, but it's a good thing that we have an experienced, seasoned guest to start off the, I guess this is the spring season. We're not quite done with the year 11 of the best podcast in baseball. We'll start up year 12 during spring training, but we're right on the cusp of it, right? St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist Ben Fredrickson. Is this the penultimate episode of the BPIB? I think so, of this season, yeah. Wow, yeah, because it usually restarts um, in spring training. Spring and, brings new life and right. optimism and renewal. And but a 12th Until season. then, you just get me. And a, and a 12th season <laughs> of the best podcast in baseball. Remarkable. 12 seasons, that's remarkable. Yeah, you're, you're, this this podcast is a is is filling out its college applications along with your son. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this podcast could definitely get into Mizzou. Well, no, as, this, this, as your son did, and everywhere else. This podcast is is preteen. That's that's oh. what we're going with. It's preteen, and so it's, I was going off of grades. Yeah, you were going um, off of like, I was thinking it more of age. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to rush it. I don't want to. So I am in the process of packing. For uh, two months of spring training, uh, two months, uh, four different cities with a brief weekend, I guess, in Fort Myers, but Jupiter, Phoenix, Los Angeles, San Diego, then back home for the home opener. Um, so it's don't I'm, forget Arizona. Didn't I say Phoenix? Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Phoenix. Yep. Two stop, uh, two game stop there to face the Cubs for the Cardinals. And I'll tag along. Um, don't know how I'll get it a flight there, but we'll figure it out. Um, working on that. The, uh, the, but as I pack, you know, I pack to kind of prepare for, uh, you know, you want like some comforts of home and you want, you know, but you also don't want to take home all with you. It's not a turtle. I don't can't carry it everywhere. Um, but I want some comfort of home. but you will join eventually and it'll be great. Um, you, you come for the spirited finish of coverage. Yeah, what are some I show up when everybody's dragging. It kind of fits my personality. No, man, you perk us up. Guys have been hurt. There have been injuries. Um, everyone's just trying to ready to get the heck out of there. And then <laughs> yeah. I show up. I'm like, hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. What are some things that you are going to look for in the weeks before you arrive? What are What are some things that you think will be telltale signs of the months ahead that you might catch a glimpse of in the early weeks of spring? Oh, interesting. Um, well, certainly, you know, new faces, that's, that's always fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are new faces, not so much on the position playing side of things other than Matt Carpenter, which fans have very uh, strong opinions about. I don't know if you've heard um, pitchers. Some we I, I was not, you can clue me in. I was, I was <laughs> abroad. I was out of the, you didn't hear that the, the gnashing of teeth from, from across the pond. No, I'm I did sh- not. I'm shocked. I did not. Um, no. Well, the, there people have opinions, which is fine. That's that's what baseball is. It's good about baseball. We all have opinions. Um, the new pitchers. I'm, I'm I'm interested in some of the the young guys. Obviously, I felt like we got felt like Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn kind of stole the show last spring. And curious to see if Victor Scott can have a spring like that. Uh, wouldn't rule it out as a possibility. Or Thomas JC. Yeah, or fewer chances for those guys because not everybody's going to be gone. Right. World Baseball Classic. Point. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see an intensity at spring training. Um, I felt like last year there was a casualness to it that was easy to blame on the world baseball classic, but was also um, irresponsible. And I think it showed in the way this team fumbled and bumbled and stumbled to start the season, um, a start that, that everyone is now admitting ruined the whole season. And it's funny because the Cardinals, if you say, well, you learned last season, you know, that what Tony Larusa said for years was very true. If you start the season poorly, it, it really jeopardizes your whole season. Mm-hmm. And that was the theme of spring training for years. And the Cardinals 
will say, yeah, we learned that lesson last year. But then if you say, hey, have you looked at the start of this schedule? Because it's pretty daunting. Then they'll say, well, you know, it's just the start. Well, <laughs> learn from learn from last season. Um, now, when you don't have most of your guys there for big chunks of it, it makes it harder. But I think the intensity, the focus, the the attention to detail that was there in words last season maybe wasn't there in actions um, mm. or wasn't there in, in kind of level of importance. And you can talk about it, but the players have to buy into it and believe it. And I think that has to be back this year. And I think it will because this is a team that isn't used to coming off of a season that was as de- depressing and downtrodden as last year's. I mean, there should be a little bit of a gut check for everybody involved and that's players, manager, coaches, everybody. So I, I expect to there to be a, not a stress level, but a, but a, but a kind of a, an inner, an energy and a, and a, just a focus that maybe is a little sharpened um, in terms of kind of what we see big picture wise. And then, and then curious, and this, you hate to be the guy, you don't want to sit around and predict injuries, but there's a lot of older pitchers on this staff and, and them getting through spring training mm-hmm. is critical. One last thing is I, I want to see them show athleticism that they didn't maybe get a chance to last year. You know, it's one thing for the Cardinals to say they were chasing games all last year. You can't run when you're trailing. I get that. That's that's fair. But I, I think that they were not really well prepared to flex the new rules like some teams were. And I'd like to see them try to catch up there. And I think you got to start doing that at spring. You got to focus on that. You got to make that a priority in, in spring. Aren't those a little bit connected? The the first thing you brought up, like an intensity and kind of a vigor to spring, and then that that other part that you brought up, the showing the athleticism of spring, aren't aren't those two things connected, or sure. is one an emblem or one an outgrowth of the other? Yeah, I just I felt like all of last year. I mean, at, at winter warm up last year, mm-hmm. we were asking, why are you comfortable with this pitching staff? Right. And we were detractors and naysayers and critics and we had an agenda. Well, the Cardinals now say they they blew it by by putting too much hope or arrogance or whatever they want to call it in that staff. Okay, fix it. They think they have. We'll see. I think they also had a kind of a like, well, these new rules aren't that big of a deal. You know, the game sorts itself out kind of feel. And I, I think there's been proof that teams that really leaned into those those rule changes we're better because of it. I mean, Arizona, yes, maybe they have more team speed than the mm-hmm. Cardinals, but they also were in a position to use it and did so effectively. And I think the Cardinals have more speed than they showed last season. And yeah, you can't you can't run well the bases when you're constantly chasing leads, but if we're talking about the game getting back to prioritizing defense, prioritizing athleticism, maybe getting away from some of the launch angle or bust type swings and getting back to a little more traditional baseball. This, this should suit this team in some ways and and they should be able to play that. If you're going to say the defense will be better and you're going to adjust your playing time for it, it's got to be better. And if not, then what, what's going on? If you say you want to use the, the, the rules to run the bases more aggressively, then go do it. Go work on it in games that, that don't count. So I think, I think a little more focus on what they want their identity to be um, and having everybody there to, to contribute to that should be the theme of spring. I mean, we heard it at winter warmup, getting back to Cardinal baseball. Mm-hmm. And we heard lots of guys talk about what that meant. Um, I like that theme. Go make spring training about, about drilling down on that. When, you know, they, they did win like of all the things last year, they did win the grapefruit league. <laughs> that's which all is they want. Kind of weird. Yeah. That's all they want. I don't care yeah. a damn about whether they win the games, but, <laughs> but, and and I don't and I don't hold this. I mean, it's look at the end of the day, everybody knows what's on the wall here. Ali Marmol is either going to get it right this season or he's going to be in a very tough spot to keep his job. I think we can can say what it is. I don't. I have a hard time pinning it all on management and coaches last season because of the weirdness of spring training. Mm-hmm. But I do think I do think you know with the Cardinals having as many guys out as they did, there was kind of this vibe of like it'll all be all right. It'll all come together. Well, what do you, you let's can't look, take you can't take spring training for granted. Let's talk you, about you that. Can't because... say it's wins. It's not wins because if your best players leave, but it's it's a focus. It's a mentality. It's a it's a it's feeling there. It's leaving there feeling like the wins at your back and that you're ready to go crush some teams that aren't ready. That's what you should leave spring training like. Like we're ready. Let's go. And I think I think <clears> last <throat> season was like. Uh, it's a weird spring. It was a weird spring, and we'll see how it goes. Well, it was a weird that's spring. a bad spot to be in. 
It was a weird spring, but let, I want to want to explore that a little bit. Was it a weird spring because of who wasn't there because of the World Baseball Classic, or was it a weird spring because of who wasn't there at catcher and Yadier Molina? Was it a mm-hmm. weird spring because of some of the? I mean, the one that leaps to mind is you know Tyler O'Neill in center field. You know that was like, the start of it for me. Um, and I wasn't down there at the time, but you saw those headlines. And you're like, that why? Like right. why now? And it, and this kind of the oh it'll be fine. Like, well it wasn't. And you started your you started your season with a controllable thing that was square peg and round hole. And the and the and the reasoning was well you know it it could work out. And it just right. didn't. It just seemed it seemed too casual. What also like pushed others aside to make the to to allow the one guy like Tyler O'Neill wanted a chance to play center field. Totally get that. You know the the. The opportunity to earn more money is there. The opportunity to show off more range is there. He'd won two gold gloves in left field. The opportunity for the Cardinals to get power from that position was there. I, I get all the reasons. Um, but at the same time, it, if if Dylan Carlson had come to them and say, well, I want to play center field, or Lars Newper had said, I want to play center field, you know, well, then you have this, like, who are you going to choose? Right. Who's who gets their pick of that as opposed to making the choice based on who's best for the team there. And that that was the part that I didn't quite understand is like, all right, if if Tyler O'Neill's in center field. I get that that's that has the potential to be the best for him. Um, but where does that the best for the Cardinals? Because now you have all these other guys who aren't playing in a position um, where they can really contribute now. Now, like Dylan Carlson's your left fielder, and he better produce like a left fielder, and he's being you know offensively, right. and he's being set up to not be that guy. Is that Lars Newbar because Jordan Walker's in right field? I mean, it just was a really interesting choice right off the hop, um, that I I think became emblematic in some ways of the decision made down the road, where it was like there's there's really you know some of these things it just seems like that you're scrambling and then legitimizing. Um, and then or trying to, to rationalize, right. yeah. There was a lot of that, and I and I, it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying Tyler O'Neill and center is the reason the Cardinals' season derailed last year. Mm-hmm. I was just. I'm trying to point out the, this trend that we saw last year of seeing things that didn't look right, right, and being like that doesn't look right, and then being told no, 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 you're wrong. It's fine. And then now, a year removed, the Cardinals are going back saying, well, those things weren't right, and, and we know that now. It's like, that's fine. It's not about, like, they're never going to be like, hey, you guys were right. That's not what it's about. The point is, for me, don't overlook how spring training felt and looked and seemed last year and how it affected the season in that I felt like it was kind of viewed as, like, this can't be a real spring training. So many guys are gone, so it is what it is, and we'll just try to get everything together once the season starts. And I don't mean they weren't practicing fundamentals. I don't mean they weren't doing things like they were down there training. And, I mean, like, a guy like Wilson Contreras is down there. He says no thanks to the WBC. And the guys he's supposed to mesh with aren't there for the large swath of it. And then all of a sudden he's getting blamed for maybe not knowing his pitchers as well. There were there there was just wasn't a there wasn't a um, completeness to spring. Some of it was out of their hands. Maybe some of it should have been handled differently. But in the in the moment when you were pointing out that that's odd, you know that that's is this going to be an issue? There are new rule changes that guys are not going to be in camp to get their minds around and practice as much. The WBC is playing by the old rules. You got the most guys right. participating. Like it's not. I'm not saying the spring training the WBC is an excuse for what happened last year. I think that's been like a talking point that needs to get totally dismantled. I mean, every team had guys playing in the WBC. My point is like, as the Cardinals look back at last season and they point themselves out, like, okay, we were wrong to try to trot out Wilson Contreras as an outfielder. We were wrong to try to say Tyler O'Neill is a center fielder. We were wrong to X, Y, and Z. Like I think spring training was wrong and maybe it was out of their control. But that should lead to an import importance of spring training this year. And so, it doesn't mean that all of their drills are wrong and they need to be scrapped, but they need to show up like they need to be honest about how their schedule starts. It's a club to the head. And if they mm-hmm. don't spend spring training figuring out how they're going to dodge that and club back, then and they don't leave feeling like they're in a good spot to do it, then they shouldn't be surprised if they get clubbed in the head. Imagine your home totally organized 
Closets by Design is offering 40% off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN for details. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do these two things, what you're describing as far as what they need to get from spring and the tone of spring that you want to see, does that mesh at all with all the description they've given of wanting to get veteran leadership and adding to that that group adding to the kind of the 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 voices in the clubhouse do you think those two things intersect yeah i I think so those guys understand what what they need to do i don't think this team will have a problem calling somebody out i don't like calling like that sounds very negative but sometimes you need a little bit of that um, I don't think this group will have a problem saying, well, these are the standards and we're going to talk to folks who don't feel like they're meeting them. Mm-hmm. I also think it speaks to a little bit of the way that roster's constructed. Like there are last so. year, there were, there's, there's kind of the roles are pretty much there and the guys that are supposed to fill them are pretty much there. Um, you and I yeah. could probably write out the lineup today and, yeah, and feel, do the five man rotation and pretty close. And yeah. then you know, there's going to be some jostling in the bullpen. That's any, team and there'll be things that happen and change with injuries but there were like big swaths of the team at times including the outfield last year where it's like even if they say that's what they want that doesn't i don't see how that's going to work mm-hmm. now it's will it work or not but you see what they want and it makes some degree of sense spring training i think is going to be more about guys getting ready to play their roles and less about figuring out what their roles are and maybe that could help them feel like they're leaving it with with a sense of they accomplished something more than they spent some time training and right. their, their bodies in shape and, you know, felt like they tuned up what they needed to tune up. There's a difference between a player being ready at the end of spring training and a team being ready. Right. I mean, you, right. you, you can speak to that better than, than anybody. Um, how a team walks on the field at spring training and it's like, okay, we got something here or how they leave it being like, we're ready. And they, right. they're always, I've yet to see a team leave and say, we're not ready. <laughs> But yeah, but but last year's team really couldn't say that it was ready. No, and then now they, they could say it, but that. we but it wasn't real, and we no. saw that. But they also acknowledged that they said we're going to carry some of spring's competitions into the season and see how it sorts out. Now that's always that's, this kinda, is not the season for that. And then that, that always kind of is the case, you know the the bullpen on opening day is never sure. the bullpen that finishes. You know the lineup very rarely is. Um, you know, only the hundred win teams of your have the same rotation because like injuries, attrition, performance, all those things. Um, but the opening day bullpen is never the finishing bullpen. That just doesn't happen. Um, new players emerge, better players emerge, performance sinks, all that stuff. However, uh, you know, you you referenced Tony Larusa. That is something that he would talk about. Is if you have your game ready to go for the 25, 26 members of your team. When opening day arrives, you are ahead of the other teams who say, well, we'll figure this out. Or, you know, the ones that are like, well, we're banking on this guy being healthy and coming back. You know, you might be a team that has a guy injured who you are banking on coming back. But that but that's not how you start the year. You start the year saying these are our 25 and we are ready to go. He used to talk about how there are wins to be stolen in April from teams that are trying to figure it out still. He said, those are, those are games that you can win and pocket and get from teams that might be better down the road, um, that might get it going and go on a run in the second half, all that stuff. He said, but you can take from them if they're not ready, if you are the team that comes out not saying, well, we're going to ease into this season. If you come into April saying, well, we're ready to go like it's July. And that is a tone that's set in spring training. Do you, do you, do you think – you know, do, do you think it was the absence of players? I know you mentioned like just dismissing the world baseball class, or do you think it was the absence of Molina? Like what, what, yeah. what were some of the things that you think, because if, if you can diagnose what was lacking from last year and we have in some ways in the decisions and the clarity, um, 
but I, I think it's, I wonder if, if you diagnose that it's the absence of the players from the world baseball classic, if you go, well, that just won't be the case this year. Snap. It's, it's better. No, um, it I don't think it's that, that simple. No, it's, it's, it's a, having your guys. That's important. It's Molina's absence, obviously of, of, of note. Um, and this isn't Molina. I'm not talking about Molina in his last year. I'm yeah. talking about Molina over two decades. Right. And this idea. Well, he checked out his last season. Okay. He did. Like he did. He went to a basketball game when the season was going on. Like there's no, there's no rationalization for that not being checked out. Okay. But two decades of that one trip and one trip to Puerto Rico doesn't erase two decades of kind of defining a standard Um, bringing in, you know, uh, bringing in a new catcher is like bringing in a new center. I mean, he's the only guy who touches the ball every play pretty much Um, more times than not. Like it's going to have, it's going to have an impact. I think that was, that was a part of it. I, I think Derek, it was partly individuals on the team. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and look, I think some of it was, was the tone that, that Ollie set. I think Ali's nature last season at the beginning of at the season was kind of just to say, okay, this, we're going to be fine. And that, that, that was his, whether it was trying to convey that to the team or just push back some of the, you know, the, the pressure that was swirling around all these guys being gone for the world. But it was kind of like, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. This is weird, but we'll be all right. And I don't think that tone maybe works moving forward after a year, like last year, I think it needs to be, we need to be all right. We have to get to be, there i think and i think he's changed some of his messaging on that i think that's important Mm -hmm. um but i think a lot of it was guys the 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 guys on the roster and i think you see a reflection of that in some of the guys who won't be walking into that clubhouse um you know i I think the cardinals were intentional and this is not a tyler o'neill thing he's part of it but to pretend like he was the only one and it's not a it's not a guys who didn't care that's not what it's not as simple as that there was a lot of there were a lot of guys on this team that were kind of in that trap zone of having been around for a while without having accomplished the things that Ayadi or Molina and Adam Wainwright had accomplished. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of caught in this limbo of like being a part of good Cardinals teams, but not actively, whether through injury limiting them or through production limiting them or through falls from production affecting their projections and their status. They had not grabbed hold of call it leadership, call it performance, whatever you want to, of, of, of kind of passing the baton mm-hmm. like Yachty and Wayno were clearly nearing the finish line, like hands back, ready to pass. And who was reaching up to grab it. And there were guys who'd been around, but those weren't guys who were ready to say, Hey, if this, if this spring is not good enough, then we're going to get shelled when the season starts and we're yeah. going to go to London and embarrass ourselves. Um, there wasn't that group. And a lot of those guys are gone now. It's, it's O'Neill, it's Flaherty, it's Hudson, it's Kisner. And it's not a knock on those guys, but they hadn't, you know, the reality is they had not grabbed those, those roles. And now it's either going to be more on the guys who are there. It's going to be opportunity for younger guys to, to jump into those spots but I think there's more guys on this team now who are going to be more focused, more detail oriented, more determined to make sure that the team as a team is thinking, moving, working in the same direction. And that can sound corny and it may be corny, but, but that stuff matters over the course of a 162 game season, like how you are thinking of your team as a team and not as a collection of individuals who are trying to do different things and hoping that it all works out collectively too. You don't have to be an anti-team guy, but Mm -hmm. there's there, I think there'll be more of a, there should be more of a cohesiveness to this group. They're betting on that. They're banking on that. That's what they're phrasing. This wanted to be a Cardinal thing about. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is about guys being about the team. And they felt like they weren't enough guys who were truly about the team last year. And you're absolutely right. If your first response says, well, that doesn't say a lot about the guys who were in there. I agree. And I think in some ways it's a challenge to the guys who were in there. I think John Mozeliak at winter warmup was, was, was borderline saying he needs to see more from Paul Goldschmidt, more from Nolan Arenado. When you talk about adding all these leaders and saying, yeah, there was a void of that. That's pretty pretty big statement coming from the guy who went out and sought these players. 
Yeah. You know what? I, I want to present to you an idea on that is, you know, you, the, the phrase due diligence is kind of kicked around and you hear teams talk about like, well, yeah, you know, we talked to people close to them. We really got a sense of who this guy was, um, you know, whether it was like what he was like in the other clubhouse, visiting clubhouse or you know, what he's like working out with Matt Holiday, all these things, you, you know, you get to know a guy on um, beyond just the stats. I mean, it, no one it doesn't take much to look at Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt's baseball cards and go, this is a heck of a player, but for them to go like, this is a franchise cornerstone or, or somebody to kind of count on to, to, to lead a clubhouse, you know, they have to get to know them more. Um, But at some point in time, like, this is what I want to present to you. Like, isn't it on you to recognize that that's not who they are? Like, isn't it on you to like, you know, we all know the, the red light leaders, right? The ones who, sound like leaders on camera and aren't um, when the red light goes off. Um, when we all know guys who may not sound like leaders on camera, but definitely are around the clubhouse and they're not always the greatest players. They're not always the, the one who leads in the stats They're They lead in another way. Um, but at some point in time, like, you know, this is a game and this is a marketplace that pays for performance. That's statistical performance. And isn't asking somebody to then add a change in personality to that? Are you paying for that as well? Or should you know that you're not going to get it? Like, you know, like Nolan Arenado leads by play. Paul Goldschmidt, I talked to him at length about it. And he, he was like, he's more of a lead by example, lead by positivity. Um, and that's not how Albert Pujols was as a leader. That's not how Yadier Molina was. Um, you know, that's probably closer to how Adam Wainwright try is, um, set an example, be positive, um, but also be demanding. And for Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado this past year, you know, their performance, they struggled, especially Nolan Arenado. And he said at times, he said, it's really hard to ask for more from somebody when I'm not giving it myself. That doesn't feel right. We hear that over and over again. Um, but that's that's a long way of me asking this question to you. Is like what what at what dollar figure does a team start saying, hey, we need you to be something different than you are? We need we need leadership by our definition, not right. leadership by your definition. Because this kind this comes up a lot. And you were there when I asked uh Oliver Marmol that question last year is like, why are you guys at so why are you guys so committed? to asking Wilson Contreras to do the things that Yadier Molina did when you signed him to be Wilson Contreras. Why not just change you? When does the team have to change? Well, I think that's a good player to point to because if there was one player who probably is in his you know, internal buckets of strengths, one of them is speaking up if things don't look right, or maybe just kind of throwing a bucket of water on the team if it needs it, you know, yeah. or maybe not water, maybe, maybe a steam. I don't know. Use whatever analogy you want. And the fact that the Cardinals absolutely kneecapped this guy. And in terms mm. of the ability to speak up and lead, you can't speak up and lead when you're, when you feel knives being thrust into your back. Right. I mean, you hey, welcome to, welcome to the Cardinals, Wilson. Oh, by the way, we're going to, uh, we're going to basically sabotage your debut season. Um, Wilson Contreras led by how he finished that season. And, and I think how he did that, if the players on his team were paying attention, should put him in a great spot to be a speak up guy this season. I think that's kind of naturally who he is. And I think he really felt like last year, it was almost at times, I don't want to speak for him. I think last year I can understand if he felt like at times his only option was to play his game and hope that he got to a spot where he could be what he hoped to be for this team in mm -hmm. moving forward. And the one thing Wilson said, and he said this at the, at the and, and, and maybe it's not leadership. Maybe it's the wrong word. Maybe it's ownership. Oh, he said, that's a good he one. said last year at, at the end of the season, he's just cleaning out his locker. Definitively. It's going to be different next year. And talking to him at winter warmup, the one word he kept using was ownership. And I think it's fair to say that he's talking about the rotation. These guys know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They're going to be comfortable if he calls something they don't like saying, no, I'm going to throw something different. I'm going to own it if it doesn't work. And if if I if I mess up and you call it, you're going to own it. There's just going to be a level of responsibility for individual 
performance at a higher level. And that can lead to a better responsibility for team performance at a high level too. Um, I think last year's team, this year's team won't point fingers. I don't think, I don't know if they're going to be a better team. We'll see. They should be, but they're going to be a tougher team and tougher teams tend to be better teams over the course of all the season, all that goes wrong. It is about performance. Yes, but it's also about how you handle it performance when it's not there. And no one can point to Nolan Arenado and say, that's a guy who doesn't handle things well when he's not performing well. He does the right things. He goes mm-hmm. out and tries to get better. Yeah. The same way. And that is leadership. There's all different kinds. Like leadership, I think too many times is quantified as like the guy flipping over the lunch spread. Like you do that one too many times and you're a fraud. Um, yeah. You do that for show and you're a fraud. But there was a lack of some, um, I would say, adversarial voice at times when it is needed. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the teams. most adversarial it got was with like, we don't know what pitches they're calling. Yes. And then, and, and then, it was like, wait, no, that's like maybe execute the pitch. Right. Was, which is weird. now, which is now the Jack debate, the Jack conversation, which, which was pointed out to Jack multiple times. This is how this sounds, what you're saying. Right. And no point in clarifying it. And now that's what he says he was saying. Okay. Whatever. He's, he's, uh, where is he now? Um, Detroit. He's, he's in Detroit now. So that's not a, that's not a, We'll see how he how he how he does there. There there needed to be somebody, and, and I don't want to make this all about the Tyler O'Neill thing. Oh, it could be about the Wilson thing. Um, there could be about the the Tyler O'Neill thing. Like there needed to be somebody last year who was like bringing up some of the things that were obvious. Like, hey Ollie, hey Mo, like is it is it really makes sense that Tyler O'Neill's a center fielder? Why is Ollie having to be the bad guy when Tyler O'Neill's not running hard around the bases? It not just right. according to him, but according to players in the clubhouse. How is how was Ollie the the bad guy in that situation? Now, maybe yeah. he could have handled it better. That can be debated. It should have never been had to address by him. It should have been sorted out. Right. In the That's dugout. not the manager's job. Yeah. When Contreras was getting railroaded by the pitchers, where was the pitcher to step up and say, enough? Adam did it. It was too late. Yeah. There should have been Miles Michaelis did it before anybody. And you could argue that Miles was too late. Um, now, the fact that Miles did it, the fact that Adam did it, that's good, but it never should have gotten to that point. And and I think those are the areas where there there there's too many guys in there now that it, to to not let that happen. Now, it could go the other way. It could go the way where it's it's overly like monitor your neighbor and guy like there's a way this doesn't work where you get a bunch of leaders, 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 and then it's everybody telling each other what they need to do. I don't, that's going to be what you have to guard against, but better, better to guard against that than to look around and going, why is no one saying anything? We well, so, okay. So going into spring, four guys are coming back. All of them, very influential. The four folks I'm going to mention, all of them, very influential in setting both the tone on the field and the tone in the dugout and the tone in the clubhouse. And certainly the tone that, you're talking about of spring and those four are, are the two corner infielders, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnado. obviously they have a lot they've earned um, and they have a lot of respect within the clubhouse from their peers. They lead in different ways as we've discussed um, Nolan coming back. You know, I think Lars Newbar said what a motivated Nolan is a scary Nolan um, clearly, you know, better play from him. And I've long believed that, like, the closer the Cardinals as a team are to having the personality of Nolan Arenado, the better they are. That's not saying that Nolan is the leader of the group. It's just that 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 fire, that anger, that you know, I mean, that you've seen at times, guy throws in on him and he does not allow for it. You know, the the improvisation and defense, just the all of it. That the more uh, the team as a whole has that personality the better that team will be. You know, you could probably say the same thing about Paul Goldschmidt and his fundamentals and, you know, his, his debt, his like, um, what discipline, right? Like that, those two things do coexist. So it's those two guys. Then it's Dusty Blake, the pitching coach. And then it's the manager, Oliver Marmol. These four folks are, are back. And do you think that, the team needs something different from them, something more of the same from them. Like how, how do, how do those four who are returning lessons learned from 2023, how do those four, how can they influence 
the tone of spring with what they learned from 2023. Is Contreras a part of that group? Well, I think we saw him. Like I'm, yeah. I mean, he is part of that group, but I think what his like narrative arc of last season, what went from like, you know, I am going to do everything I can individually to get better. Um, I'm throwing myself into a new pitching uh, staff. I'm throwing myself into catching, being closer to the plate. I'm changing things to be better. Um, and that's why I came here and then have it all pulled out from underneath him right before an emotional weekend and his return to Wrigley. And then he comes back almost like, I don't know, like vulcanized from being, <laughs> from being batted around. He's the and only guy on this team last year who thrived when adversity was dumped on his head. Absolutely. And he has a second half where he it's among his best second halves offensively. You know, he kind of found his place defensively. Um, you know, he found pitchers who were going to respond to him. It helped that there were some new guys coming in there. Right. Um, you know, they, they, they were not going anywhere as a team. But all of a sudden now they were trying to go somewhere as individuals and he could connect with that to those pitchers. And they were like, all right, this is the guy. Um, I think it, I think for Wilson Contreras, it's a huge thing and it shouldn't be lost on it that three fifths of the rotation are new Lance Lynn coming back, obviously, but um, you know, for the most part, you know, Kyle Gibson and Sonny Gray, you know what they have never done. They've never thrown to Yachty or Molina. So they're not going to be like, well, I mean, was used to be their Wilson Contreras is their guy. Right. You know? Um, so I, I had, I didn't include him in those four because it, it, I think you saw his arc and I think he's positioned with his approach and his, his, his position. Sorry for the repetition there um, to have an influence on the team. But I think we see what that is. Uh, you know, as far as the lessons of 2023 for these other four, I'm really intrigued as to what, what if there are changes? Yeah, I think for, I think for for Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, there's no debate; these are great players, potential Hall of Fame players. Mm-hmm. I think it is up for debate if they're going to be Cardinals greats. I think there's a difference there. Um, they're between a great player who plays for the Cardinals and a Cardinals great. Um, Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame as a as a one of the all time great players. He also is a Cardinals great. Not every great player who plays for the Cardinals goes down as a Cardinals great. There, that's I think that's got to be the box that these guys check mm-hmm. before their time here ends. Um, and part of it is going to have to be how they help this team respond to the worst season they've had in decades. Whether it was unfair to them, whether it was happened in spite of them, whether they contributed to it, whether they had nothing to do with it. It is what it is. They were at the top of the payroll for one of the worst seasons in Cardinals history, Mm -hmm. period. So now what do you do? How do you respond? How do you personally respond, Nolan Arenado, as you shake off a year that you don't ever want to repeat? Um, Those that to me, that's that's production. It's also, you know, I don't it's been unfair to these guys as well. Their leadership, it's under a microscope to some degrees. Yes they were at the helm of the ship like it or not when it when it hit the rocks but also you can't watch goldie and not think the guy's a leader when you actually watch what he does and and same thing with how these guys talk about nolan arenado maybe it was getting the right guys supplementary guys around them maybe it was letting them be the lead by example guys and letting other people be but that's 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 the the a chapter of their legacy very much kind of hangs in the balance here mm-hmm. because if this season blows up they may not be here I mean, you've pointed it out. I've written it. The Cardinals, whether they admit it or not, are 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 angling toward a chance to really reboot this thing if this season goes sideways. And the reality is that maybe it's a coincidence. They kind of like to think it is. There are no coincidences. They didn't give out long-term deals. They're, they haven't given Paul Goldschmidt an extension. They have a manager on a one-year deal. They have a president of baseball operations talking about how he's stoking the fires of the internal competition to replace him. I mean, there's a lot hanging in the balance right now, short term, for a team that usually likes to talk long term and yeah. you know, yeah. succession at a so that is continuity. Changed. Yeah. And there are other reasons it has changed, but one of the reasons is you got a ripcord if you want to do a Cardinals version of a reboot if this thing goes sideways. So that's what I'd say for those guys. 
for for Ali, I mean, it is as real as his contract situation. I mean, he's acknowledged it. If he does the job, that conversation goes away. And if he doesn't, he goes away. I mean, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that, that there's anything else there. I mean, he had a good debut, he had an awful follow-up and now it becomes, okay, which one is, which one is he, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we know the Cardinals track record on managers, you know, they are not in the protected class of, of guys who don't, who get to keep their jobs. If everything else goes sideways, you gotta be in the front office for that. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> you got to be. You got to be in the top tier of the front office to 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 get. No, that I mean level that for the manager. That's that's become true. Like for a long time, there it was the manager was part of that group. There was nothing that could. Right. I mean, know. now you're. You know, managers get get fired around here. Like like it's like a hockey team. Yeah, uh, I mean, they went three consecutive years without making the playoffs, and manager still was in a good spot. It, that's changed. Yeah. Um. So that's the reality. Dusty's interesting because. I don't know. Like, do you look at this rotation as is Dusty Blake going to make or break this rotation? Probably health is going to make or break this rotation. Guy, okay? these these older aren't, but the bullpen seems to yeah. be where that's like going to be the Dusty Blake proving ground. Yeah, can this kind of smattering of new relievers, none of which um, people who would be a poor scorer on the immaculate grid probably know much about? Um, can can they can can he get the most out of these guys? Can they? Like my favorite word for bullpen weaponize some of these guys to have a bullpen that hopefully is asked to do less, but can do what it's asked to do a lot more effectively. Yeah. Can they, I mean, some of these guys have the raw material of strikeouts, right? Is the, is you the, can't say you don't have the guy. Like you can't say you don't have the stuff anymore. Last is, year they could right. say, we don't have the stuff they right. do now. They should right. now. They should. Right. Can they, they need can more, they, they need more, they need more stuff. They, more can they tease that out. Can they tease that out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you can find a it- question? Sure. Um, and this, this won't is it, happen. Is it this the difference between a slider and a sweeper? No, no, no. Uh, this won't, this won't happen. Um, but I'm just in my head. I'm like, maybe he's just waiting on the right offer from the Rangers to talk me out of. And, and it, it, again, I'm prefacing this. That won't happen. If you're, if I'm build a wit and I'm seeing the reaction to my off season moves or if I'm mm-hmm. Mo. I'm going yeah. to build a wit and saying, look, we're getting a bad reaction. Like, it's not good. People aren't happy. They sh- maybe they should be, maybe they shouldn't be. The reality is they're not happy. That's that's the that's the true fact. There's a guy in this rotation who has been a very effective reliever when he's been used that way in Steven Matz. There are legitimate questions about his ability to stay, you know, handle the kind of workload that these guys, the same team has talked about being so important mm-hmm. all offseason. Yeah. There is a free agent starter who just won a World Series who's pitched very well here, who is not signed. Apparently, Texas doesn't quite want to give him what he wants. The Red Sox were interested in Jordan Montgomery, but he's not apparently not going there. Who knows what's out there? Did, I think if if Jordan if the Cardinals were to shake the couch, find find enough money for the Jordan Montgomery contract, and that guy shows up at spring training, and Stephen Match is Stephen Matz is pitched as this guy, we don't need to go out and add. Another proven reliever. We have one in Steven Matz. That to me would be like something that would unify everybody around this pitching staff is reloaded. It's got a guy who's been added, adds a lot of the things that this team has talked about. And you know, he can do it here with this catcher, which is significant. Um, what if, what if, what if Steven, what if, what if Jordan Montgomery called up John Mozilla and said, Hey, Mo, I've been thinking about it. I really want to be a Cardinal because that's apparently all you have to say now. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. this team. What if, what if he, what if I, I talk me out of the idea that it would be really smart move for the Cardinals if Jordan Montgomery showed up to spring training? No, it'd be a fine move. I'm not going to talk you out of it. Um, that'd be, that would be a good move. I don't know what the years would be. I mean, it's not going to be like a pillow deal. You know, right. because and I mean, it's got his his market's not going away. I mean, Scott Boris guys wait and get great deals. So yeah, and you know, Texas is somewhat um, is their their television situation is real. It's real, um, you know, which is super odd for a team with a new stadium and a World Series championship, and they have this like, you know, they're they're expecting a hundred million dollar pay day from their rights that is now up in up for grabs um 
maybe that gets sorted out. And then all of a sudden within 48 hours, Jordan Montgomery's a Ranger again. What if um, Texas succeeds? I mean, would, what they, mean? would they even be, would they, what if Texas leaves the United States of America? Would they even be, would, would Jordan Montgomery even be available to, could they even have a team then? I, I you don't said know. Texas situations up in the air. It's, it's about, it's more about more than TV rights. Uh, okay. Wow. This is the, you want the podcast down the road. <laughs> I think you want the political fix. I did not expect to uh, have I'm to have joking. that discussion. Yeah. But hear me out. No, I'm not. Nobody, I just, nobody seems to want this guy. That's not true. I just don't think, I mean, it's just always what it is. Right. Is like, look, Scott Boris represents Snell and Montgomery. They're both left-handed pitchers. Right. They both have similar profiles. They get there in different ways. One is the reigning Cy Young winner. The other one is a reigning World Series champion who pitched great in October. If you are their agent, what are you trying to do? You are trying to maximize the return for both of those guys. And so what you want to do is you want to create a situation where teams are interested in both and then you can place one and the timing has to be just right so that then you can maximize the less supply increased demand for the second. So a lot of times you see like, you know, everyone goes, well, the big guy has to come off the board, set the market, and then everything follows. This one's really interesting because they're, they're, they're similar pitchers in the sense of what teams sign them for. They're different pitchers in the sense of what teams will get. You'll get innings from Montgomery um, that you won't get from Blake Snell. You get strikeouts from Blake Snell that you won't get from Jordan Montgomery. Um, you know, you could definitely see how Blake Snell could go and win a Cy Young award for another team, but you could definitely see how Jordan Montgomery could go win a championship or at least, you know, put a team, you know, into a hundred wins with, with how he pitches and what he does. So do you find a place for Blake Snell first because they really want Blake Snell and they really want the name brand? And then now that team's off the board and that lefty's off the board. So now you have half the amount of supply and can you create three times as much demand so that you truly maximize then what Montgomery can make? I, I find it fascinating um, just because the guys are represented by the same person. So they know the cards, right? They know what these teams are dealing with. Um, I can't talk you out of it if the Cardinals could find their way into that. Um, you know, but it's not a Kyle Loesch type situation where it'll right. be March 12th and it'll be one year deal. Um, I don't know if it's a five year deal, um, but it's a super AAV because that does matter. So you could totally see how Blake Snell would get the longer deal, but Montgomery might try to maximize the AAV. And that's, you know, that's where it comes in and on a shorter deal. I, I don't know. I don't know how it goes, but I will I will push back on one thing you said. If the Cardinals sign Jordan Montgomery, I still think there will be the mo a lot of complaining because that is all there is. You know, it, it just comes from a different chorus. And I don't really know what to make of it. And I've talked about it. Um you know, I talked about it with Bernie Miklas on his show here locally. You know, the 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 phrases that are just being thrown out there is like, you know, the 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 skewer to really get them, or like um, I, I said that they're going to own the scribes with this one. Um, there's just, you know, I I have a guy I like a lot who uh, who brought up the fact that it's just going to be there's not much to look forward to in the 2024 Cardinals. Um, oh, okay, I mean. I guess there's the chance that this team has two future hall of famers on it. You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think that if you add Jordan Montgomery to it, I think the complaints just shift. Yeah. You I, know, I try to I, and I don't, I think I don't know what to do with that because right. there is legitimate criticism. There is legitimate pointed, sharp edged criticism for how they've gone about responding to a losing season. One of the worst seasons in the past 30 years. There is strong, loud, and supported arguments that they need to increase what they spend. 
to be a factor in the National League. There is a super strong argument to be had that they are wasting the window afforded them with two incredible trades for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, two players that they would never sign as free agents, two bats that they haven't been able to develop, two of the best players at their position in their prime playing together in the middle of the same lineup, and they lost 91 games last season because they didn't spend on pitching. Like that, these are legitimate criticisms. Um, but they're like the just that's not what you hear. You just hear, well, hope isn't a strategy. Well, no, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah, you I know, think like I would, I would you add, just hear these buzzwords. And yeah. so I think <clears throat> that if they signed Jordan Montgomery, it just would change. It would, there'd still be anger because anger is all we got. Yeah. And I, I, add- I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I would add one legitimate complaint is this they, they keep saying they're they're this draft and develop team, but it's not at all what they are right now. Right. They're <laughs> like, not. Like no. we're a draft and develop team. Our rotation is full of outside guys or one guy we we undervalued. So then we brought back maybe at the point where his value is shot. We'll see with Lance. Mm-hmm. Um and and also um our cornerstone infielders are guys we traded for. And there's encouraging youth coming, but what point to the season which you couldn't say that if in an optimistic view about any team in baseball like at what point do you stop saying you're draft and develop if you have nothing that you well, can, I think you I think they need to team on yeah they need to stop saying that I mean they need to say they need to get back to it they, they need to that. get back yeah yeah they and need that to get maybe back they're in the in the early stages of getting back to it but I, I try to draw like a difference between just the rage and like I do feel like there are fans who are paying attention who are also like a little bit more and not just a little bit more with every that's edition fair. like that's a I understand how that can be but if you've admitted Overbelief. If you admitted arrogance, if you admitted too much optimism, last season before a last place finish, you know, worst worst season in decades. Mm-hmm. My argument today is that there's still too many different potential difference makers out there to sit back and say, "No, we're good." And I, and I know they're still looking at bullpen arms. I, I I know that, and that that's not to diminish the addition of a of a key, you know, a key bullpen addition. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about rotation and how it could go over the top for them in, in pitching potential. Yeah. Um, that to me is, is a mixed message to say they were too, they were too slow to question their own plans last year. And then to sit here, you know, weeks away from spring training and you look out and there are some dudes still out there. And for them to say, no, we're good. We're, we, we wrapped up our shopping super early. Yeah change your plans. I mean, your plans can change. They good teams, good teams make them. The Cardinals are saying they are open to that, but are they really, if it's the starter and and are they willing to go through how that could, how that could a change their payroll, but B amplify all of their pitching staff collectively. Mm-hmm. Like the, and I think, and I think a lot of people are expecting a reliever because that's what they're looking at. And, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's proven. If they were to throw a curveball, no pun intended, if they were to tack on, they call it a death ball. They were to tack on a dude to this rotation. I think, I think a lot of fans who are, who are disgruntled right now would say, okay, this feels like they're serious about responding to last year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they would just move on down the road and yell more about Matt Carpenter. No, I think some would. I think doing an over the top finish to the off season would would be a lot more impactful to this team than whether or not Matt Carpenter hangs out on the bench for the bulk of the season and takes it bats away from Alec Burleson while he's in Triple A to play every day to get yeah. Well, that you bring if he even if he even is, which he may, he, there's still a route where he could be on this bench too. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's some overlap there. Who, but you're right. Who's the bench? Who's the bench? Well, I, I don't it's, know. It's it's Carlson. Oh yeah, it's, Carlson. It's, it's Herrera. Herrera. Carpenter. It's, it's Carpenter, and then pick one. Yeah, yeah. No, you're because right. You don't need a bunch of outfielders because you got two out. You got Edmund. You got Donovan. They can when play the question outfield. comes down, do and you if need... you need if you need an infielder, you, you can call up for me. If you want the bat there, then Burleson's there. Right. People the question even, is the arguments infield. don't even make sense. Yeah, the infield, but Tommy Edmond being your backup shortstop or Brendan Donovan playing shortstop is where is that be that mad fits. at Luke and Baker is going to get shafted. I I understand that to some degree. Luke and Baker also had a chance last season and didn't take it. 
Yeah. This team was full of guys last season who had chances and didn't take them. There was Let- one guy and it's, and it's, it's Zach Thompson who did if resembled anything as much as having a chance and actually taking it. Yeah. Well, don't forget, you know, Casey Lawrence, man. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, you, why see you, Nick, gotta... you see Whitgren's still available? Uh huh. Bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, the the he funny thing wants, is, he wants to be here. Like Chris Stratton, you know, was available. He was a free agent. He, he, why didn't he... they get John Brevia? Does John Brevia not want to be here? Does John yeah. Brevia not miss us? Yeah, that's that's it. That that's it. I mean, they they made a bid on him. They 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 uh they talked to him. They tried to sign him, and he felt he had a better opportunity, better offer with the White Sox. How does that make I feel you like feel? The Cardinals off season was like in middle school when like it was like, do you like me? Yeah, but do you like me? Like me? Yeah, do you think, there was. Think, do you think there's Mo a lot of that? notes passing? I can just Check imagine Mo, Mo and Lance Lynn. Do you like me? Like me? Well, Lance so Lynn, I don't know if people heard it. Lance Lynn had the best line of uh, winter warm up when somebody asked him what he thought when his phone rang and it was Mo. And his response was, he asked Mo, how did you get my new number? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good line. Um, that That's a good segue because it brings me back to this. Uh, you talk about the tone set and obviously the Cardinals have thrust leadership into the conversation. They've done that voluntarily. What do you make of the fact that the uh, the Cardinals over the last 12 years, as you said, they've been looking for that guy to lead the rotation, lead the rotation. Um, you know, and it was all right. Well, Waka is going to be that guy, the NLCS MVP first round draft pick. He's, you know, got, you know, you got 50 in Adam Wainwright and 52 and and Michael Waka, not, you know, standing right there before everybody. All right. Well, no, it's Carlos Martinez that then gets the uh, the extension, the five year extension, because he's got all the talent. He's a couple time all star. Now, this is the guy. This is a guy who's going to be at the front of a rotation. OK, well, no. Now, now look at what Jack does. Jack Flaherty does in 2019. That's the stuff. That's the modern stuff. And, you know, he's he's really thrown himself into being present for the young pitchers. He's really followed up and taken a you know, developed a strong relationship with Bob Gibson, with Chris Carpenter. Okay, this is the guy. You go through all of those opportunities, all those years, and who is it? It's Lance Lynn, the guy who was there, and like Michael Walker, and like Carlos Martinez, and like Jack Flaherty, the Cardinals allowed to become a free agent and let go, and now they've brought him back. I, I find that I find that fascinating, you know, um, what is Lance Lynn today that he wasn't when the Cardinals left him he was older, but what do they need from him now that they felt they had covered when he walked away? And I, I think that's maybe one of the more telling questions to ask of this era with, of the Cardinals is what did they think they had that they could let him walk that now they think he can bring and they had to go sign him back? Well, I don't think they're going to get what they let walk. Um, I think it would be unrealistic to expect that. But I think if we are going to go down the long list of guys in recent times, it used to be if you left the Cardinals, nothing good was headed for you, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we can all name the Cardinals who have proven that wrong recently. Lance, you got to start. Anybody who doesn't start that list with Lance is fooling themselves. Right. Lance, except for last season, which was terrible, in which he still did his number one job, which was give innings. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't give a lot of quality innings, but he still gave more quality still in starts. Still of the trade Still deadline. gave the second most quality starts of any pitcher who finished the season on this team. I'll point that out. Yeah. Uh, well, I know he was in demand at the trade deadline, so and clearly got, something. got fixed by the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, which is a whole nother podcast topic, but Lance, if you look at what he's done from the time he left to the start of last season was the pitcher the Cardinals haven't had in terms of innings starts quality, um, getting the job done, giving your team a chance to win. Um, that is, uh, that's undeniable. And he, he wanted to be here. I think he'll never, in some ways he, He'll, he'll say business is business. That's what he said at winter warmup. But I think it, I think in the time, I think he was a little hurt by the Cardinals not seeing that in him. And whether, regardless of team, he's bounced around like crazy. He has proven that uh, he could do those things. And I think if the Cardinals could turn back in time, they'd handle it differently. 
I, I think they expect him to take the ball and give starts. And I think they're banking on him getting a little bit of bump being back here. I also think that whether it's admitted or not, I think this was a little bit of a mistake admitted. And and I think that, uh, I think, I'll, I, I will say this. I think John Moselock, as he's talking openly about winding this thing down for his time, I think there are some moves that he has made, Albert, um, Lance. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of, trying to not mend fences, but, but trying to put a family back together a little bit. I think there's some of that going on. I think Descalso could be a part of that. Not that he was alienated, but, but, but seeing that, I think there is some, there's some beating heart to this, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's nostalgia ridden or not, I think it's real. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see some more of it before Mo hands this thing over to somebody else. I really wouldn't. Interesting. That is Ben Fredrickson, sports columnist for the St. Louis Post. Bring home Sandy. That is a that is a that is just a really fascinating point you made, and that is a topic to to definitely explore. And of course, you mean by Sandy, you mean Sandy Alcantara. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen can come back too. <laughs> I'd be okay with Randy. Um, you know, yeah, bring them all home. Yeah. What do you think about the Boston Red Sox possibly signing Moises Gomez and doubling their chances of the of get of continuing the former Cardinal ALCS MVP <laughs> trend? I'd be more worried about that than Tyler, to be honest. Um, not that not that I just look, he had a quieter last year, right? But and the strikeout sorry, the strikeouts they're big and horrific and the defense they don't love, but man, he does fit the mold of guys that that they maybe find just playing did, time and didn't find any opportunity for at the major league level to just see what they had. And this is going to, yeah. you know, the one, one swing coach is going to unlock some, the raw power is, is unreal there. It would make he, for, he, didn't, he wasn't out of options. Like they didn't need to do it. They no. didn't need to do it. And they did it. And for what? I don't know. They, I would, would be, I would, I'd put I'd, Palacios too. a little bit of that. Like I understand it. Like Kittridge could be great. Like Palacios has a little bit of like he never did anything wrong when they gave him an opportunity. Yeah. Like those two guys to me are the ones that you go, Ugh. this could be, this could be, they, the, one of those guys is going to go on like a two week stretch and went through the best player in baseball. And Cardinals are like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, Lane Thomas needs to find his way to an American League team to make it possible. Um, but it does, it would make for fun writing that the Cardinals collected all sorts of former Red Sox relievers to see if it happened, if the Red Sox just collect all sorts of former Cardinals outfielders to see who takes off. That would Gomez be fascinating. and O'Neill as the bash brothers of the American league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Putting dents in the green monster. <laughs> yeah. Putting dents in the uh, psyche of Cardinals fans and also the green monster. Well, if it happens, you'll, we'll talk about it on the best podcast in baseball to, to quote an, uh, uh, Wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, all right. Well, Ben, thank you very much. Next time I talk to you, it will probably be, well, next time I talk to the podcast, it'll uh, be from Florida. So off to, uh, off to planet Jupiter here shortly in the near future. Uh, you can find all of Ben's work at stltoday.com and in the pages of the post dispatch. He hosts approximately 27 different podcasts and videos for the website. Um, you know, check him out there. He also has a newsletter, which he uh, organizes, and I am going to talk to him about how to start my own newsletter. Hopefully, don't that is on the horizon. No, my I, advice, my advice, don't. No, I, I need, I need to. I have things to say. Oh, okay. I, I have, I have hey, things leave that... a leave a light on for me down there. I will, I will, I will, and I'll, uh, and we'll have a podcast studio so you can join me right away when you get in there. Um, you can find all of the constant Cardinals coverage, including the coverage from Lynn Worthy and Daniel Guerrero uh, at stltoday.com. We are less than a week away from flooding the zone there at minor league, uh, or I'm sorry, at the Cardinals minor league player development and spring training complex there at Roger Dean Stadium, where uh, where construction didn't happen. Um, but renovation is supposed to on the 2023 Cardinals. So no construction on the building but a lot of renovation on the roster to get away from last year. So the, the, the Cardinals don't yet 
quite know what the future looks like in spring tr- for their spring training facility, but they hope they have a completely different look to their future of their baseball team. Ben, thank you very much for uh, joining me. Um, the best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Closet by Design. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I don't need to wherever. Everybody has podcasts now. We're steaming towards our 12th season of BPIB. So that too will be on the horizon from the eastern coast, the Atlantic coast, the treasure coast of Florida. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Ben. No one can hear you wave. Oh, see ya. See you soon. Yes. A new season awaits. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.